Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We're in week four of a series called Things Jesus Never Said, where we're looking at some things that Jesus never said, but maybe we think that he said, or we were taught that he was said, or if we were in his shoes, these are some things that maybe we would say, but he never said. And today I wanna start by reading a story out of Luke chapter eight. And uh, it starts in verse 22. This is what the Bible says, one day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake and the boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. And the disciples went and woke him up shouting, master, master, we're going to drown. And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves and suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, where is your faith? And the disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. And so today, to close out this series, we're gonna be talking about, and if you wanna take notes, write this down, we're gonna be talking about this statement that Jesus never said, I won't give you more than you can handle. Jesus never said, I won't give you more than you can handle. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for your word that's alive, that it's active. And God, right now, we ask that you speak to us. We give you permission to speak to us. We open up our mind, our heart, and for you to have your way, speak to any area of our life. God, I ask that you open up every single eye to see you and every single ear to hear from you. We thank you for Jesus. And it's through Jesus we pray, amen. God won't give you more than you can handle. How many of you have ever heard that statement? Now, I'm sure that it was said from somebody with a great heart that was trying to help you, trying to encourage you, trying to just be comforting at the time. And it sounds great. It sounds true. But here's the problem. Jesus never said that. But maybe you're thinking, but wait, Pastor Brian, like, doesn't the Bible actually say that? And I think that that comes from a misunderstanding of this one scripture that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, that says this, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Now, in this verse, that's not saying that God won't give you more than you can handle. That's saying that God won't allow you to be tempted more than you can stand. This verse is not talking about going through hard things and having hard days and having troubles and difficulties. This is talking about temptation. In fact, 
If you look at the entire Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, you will find story after story and example after example of people who had way more than they could handle. And I think the whole point of being a Christian is understanding that you can't handle everything on your own. And in Luke chapter 8, in our story that we already read, we find Jesus' disciples experiencing more than they could handle. They find themselves in the middle of a massive, unexpected storm. Does that sound familiar to anybody? And they don't know what to do. They don't have a clue what to do, and, and they need help because it's more than they, can, than, than, it, than they can handle by themselves. And just like them, there's going to be times in our lives when we will go through storms of life that are more than we can handle. In fact, most of us right now are experiencing that very thing with this coronavirus pandemic. The truth is, what's happening in the world What's happening in our city, what's happening in our nation, what's happening around the world is affecting every single one of us in some way, shape, or form. And maybe you're facing tremendous financial pressure as a result of things that are happening right now in our world. Maybe you've lost your job or your hours have been cut. Maybe you're facing unemployment for the very first time. Maybe your business has taken a massive hit. And maybe this stay-at-home order has only exposed the fact that the more you stay at home, the more you realize that your home, that your marriage, that your family is unhealthy, is is dysfunctional, it's broken. Maybe that because of this situation, like your kid's school or childcare has been canceled, and now you're having to figure out how in the world do I balance homeschooling my kids and somehow working from home at the same time, and maybe your patience is almost gone, and your sanity is hanging on by a very, very, very thin thread. Maybe you or somebody that you love has gotten sick during this time. Maybe they've even contracted this coronavirus, and with one diagnosis, One phone call, one text, you found yourself in the middle of a storm. Maybe through all this, you're battling fear like you never have before, or anxiety, or depression, or maybe just loneliness. The reality is, is that we all find ourselves right now, right now, this very second, in a situation that's bigger than any of us, in a storm that's bigger than any of us can handle. So don't buy into the lie that Jesus said, I won't give you more than you can handle because he never said that. So here's the big question that when I think about that, here's the big question today. So then why would Jesus allow us to experience storms that are more than we can handle? And I think the language there is very important for you and I to grasp, that word allow. Because I don't think God causes every single storm, but I do think he allows it, and I know that he will use it. So the question is, why would Jesus allow us to experience storms that are more than we can handle? And I think if we look at our story in Luke chapter 8, we see three very specific reasons. And here's number one. So we would remember his promises. 
See, in verse 22, it says that Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. So in this verse, Jesus not only gave them a command, he gave them a promise that you are going to get to the other side. But when the storm hit, they totally forgot what he said. They totally forgot that promise. So my question to you is what promises has God already told you that you need to remember today? What promises has God already told you in private in the past that you need to remember today, right this very second? And if you can't answer that, that, that question, maybe you're new to this whole God, Jesus, church thing, and, and you're saying, I, I don't have any promises from God. Let me tell you, this book right here is full of promises that are directly from God himself. This is God's word. This is alive and it's powerful. It will speak to every single area of your life. And this book is full of promises. This week, I even Googled this question. How many promises are in the Bible? And the very first answer that I got, like the very first on the search engine, was 5,467 promises. The second one, said 3,573. And the third one said 7,487. So long story short, I don't know exactly how many promises there are in the Bible, but I do know that there are a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Promises like Joshua 1, 9 that says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God, somebody needs to hear this, is with you wherever you go. That's a promise that maybe we need to hold on to today. Psalm 55 verse 22 says, give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Galatians 6, 9, one of my favorite promises in the Bible. So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And let me give you one more. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will, not that you might, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And if nothing else, hold on to the promise from right here in Luke chapter 8, verse 22, where Jesus says, we will get to the other side. I'm telling you, we need to hold on to that today. In this coronavirus season, we will get to the other side. This is a season and all seasons, good and bad eventually end. Listen. The promises of God's word are not the elimination of hard things. The promises of God's word are the peace in the middle of those hard things. And so I'm telling you, the best way to receive a promise from God is to spend time with God. So why would he allow us to experience storms? So we would remember his promises. Number two, so we would depend on his presence. 
And in Luke chapter eight and 23, it says this, as, as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake and the boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. And here was their response in verse 24. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When they knew the storm was way too much for them to handle, where did they turn? They went directly to Jesus. And in that moment, when they were in a storm that was too big for them, They were dependent on his presence. And the truth is, if that storm would have never come, if it just wouldn't have come, they would have probably never gone to Jesus. He would have just kept on power napping. And this story illuminates this truth that when we're in control, he rests. But when he's in control, we rest. And maybe It's just me. But when life is great, when I'm not having any problems, there's no challenges, there's no storms of life, it's a lot easier to forget about God. I don't feel this urgent need for God when everything is going great. But it's amazing that when life gets difficult, how much we realize that we truly need God. In moments like this coronavirus like this quarantine situation, it illuminates the fact that we were created to always need God, that we were created to always be desperate for God, to be dependent on God. And I don't, listen, I don't want to be dependent on God only on hard days. I want to be dependent on God every single day. And I want the people that call Queen City Church home to realize that there's this dependency on God each and every day, not just on hard days, but on good days, on bad days, on blah days, and everything in between. We are dependent on God. But tragically, when a storm hits, instead of depending on God, many people often doubt and question God. Like, why is this happening If God was good, if he was powerful, if he loved me, why is he allowing this storm of life to happen? And I'm telling you, I came to tell somebody today, never, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. That if you are in a storm, if you are in a hard season, don't you buy into the lie for one second that God is not there. Because my Bible clearly says in Psalm 23 verse 4 that even when I walk through the darkest valley, my hardest days, I will not be afraid. Why? For you, because God are close beside me. My Bible says in Psalm 34, verse 18, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. That when your heart is broken, God says, I'm there. And he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Psalm 145, verse 18 says, the Lord is close to all who call on him. James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Listen, never, never, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. So why, why, why? Why would he allow us to have more than we can handle? So we could remember his promises, so we could depend on his presence, 
And number three, so we would experience his power. So we would experience his power. The rest of verse 24 says, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves and suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. That after they realized that the storm was bigger than them, that it was more than they could handle, that they needed help, that they were so desperate for Jesus, only then did they experience his power. And when you recognize that he never expects you to handle everything on your own, when you realize that he never once asked us to just handle everything that's on our own and embrace the fact that you and I were designed to need God, that's when you can experience his power in a way that you can't even imagine. And the Apostle Paul, he experienced what he described in the Bible. He, he described it as this thorn in his flesh. And you can read about this in the Bible, but the Bible doesn't say exactly what that is, only that it tormented him. But listen to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse eight and for 10. He's talking about this thorn in his flesh. And he says this, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. I don't want this anymore. I don't wanna experience this. I don't want this in my life. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away and each time, this is what he said. My grace is all you need. My power, it works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And Paul is saying that when I don't have the strength, when I don't have what it takes, I tap into a power that is beyond me. That when I am in the middle of a storm that is too big for me to handle, I experience the supernatural power of God. Paul is saying, instead of rowing, I'm sailing. Instead of constantly rowing and working and striving on my own, all by myself, which I can only do for so long before I get tired. Instead of just working and striving, instead of doing that, I've learned to put up the sail and let the power of God, the Holy Spirit, move me and help me and empower me and work through me. And listen, church, today, today you have access to that same power. You can experience this crisis and this season that we're all in, that every single one of us is experiencing right now, and you can experience every single storm of life that is headed your way with that type of power. And listen, here's what we got to grasp. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So the big question is, how do I experience that power? How do I experience that type of power? It's not by being more religious. It's not by behavior modification. It's not by keeping this legalistic checklist of do's and don'ts. Listen to what Ephesians chapter one says in verses 19 and 20. It says, I pray 
that you will begin to understand how incredibly great His power is to help those who, get this, believe Him. It is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. So how do you experience that power? You believe in Jesus. And in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, it says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, here's the promise, you will be saved. And if you study that verse in the original language, in the original Greek, that word believe does not just simply mean believe, like a head knowledge, like I believe in my head. It means to believe in your heart. The actual literal translation is that you believe into Jesus, that you just don't believe Jesus, you believe into Jesus. Now, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this stool. It's the difference between I believe in this stool. I see it, it's right there, and I believe that it exists. It's the difference between that and I believe into the stool, that I fully trust it, that I not only believe that it's a stool and that it can carry my weight, it's when I truly believe into the stool and place my full weight that's when I really believe into the stool. That's when I fully trust. That means when I fully submit. That means when I put all my weight. So whenever he's saying that, you can experience that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That today you can experience that power. Well, how do I do that? Here's how. You can experience that power today and all you have to do is believe. It's to fully put all your weight and to believe into Jesus. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I want you to just ask God, pray this prayer right now. God, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me today? Maybe ask him this, what does my response need to be to this message? And maybe you're here and you have never made the decision to believe in Jesus, to fully trust, to put your full weight into Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you have made that decision in the past. But today you find yourself at church at home and you're far from God. And you, you don't have a close relationship with him at all. You feel distant. And today you need to believe in Jesus again. So today, here's the invitation. If you want to believe into Jesus or believe again, if you want to fully trust or fully put your full weight into Jesus. I want you to pray this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I recognize my dependency on you. I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me and change me? Will you make me brand new? Tell him this, say, I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life. 
And today, I choose to follow you. I choose to believe in you. I choose to fully trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.